Praise the Lord, everyone. This morning, we will conclude our Plain Church series. We are going to stand on the ground of our foundation of Scripture, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, one last time before we board our spiritual ship to voyage to the next assignment that God has mandated. Uh, now, at this time, I want you to bookmark Matthew 7, 21 through 23, and turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. But before we get started, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to fellowship once again. As we prepare to depart from this sequence of events, I ask you to help me this morning. I'm a vessel willing to be used by you. I'm also requesting the Holy Spirit to open everyone's spiritual eyes and ears, allowing us all to have a clearer spiritual vision with more understanding of what we must do to get into the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 4 verse 12. It reads like this, and I'll be reading from the New Living Bible Translation as I have the whole series. Ready? Let's read. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. May the readers, listeners, and obedient continue to maintain a bountiful will of God. You know, there was a blind man who was sitting on a bridge reading his Bible. His Bible was in Braille, and he was reading Acts chapter 4, verse 12. But something happened. He lost his place, and his fingers kept running over verse 12. Because of his blindness, he wasn't aware of anyone around him. So he continued to run his fingers over the same phrase. There is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. Now, there was a group of people who gathered around as he stumbled a little bit. Many had already gathered on the bridge to watch the river run. And some were watching the blind man and they started making fun of him, laughing at the blind man as he fumbled with the Bible and kept repeating, there is salvation in no one else. Now, a man was standing at the end of the crowd who wasn't making fun of the blind man, but was listening to what the blind man was saying. When the man left the bridge that night, he went home and got on his knees and asked Christ to come into his life. And then he retestified in a meeting about what brought him to Jesus Christ. He said, there was a blind man on a bridge that was going over the words, there is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. Beloved, the man knew that it wasn't about him. He knew it wasn't about lip service. He knew it wasn't about anything he had done. He knew it was all about Jesus Christ. You know, it's sad because many people react negatively to the fact that there is no other name than that of Jesus to call on for salvation. And you know, even though they know it's the specific teaching of Jesus Christ, they still reject him. 
You see, if God designated Jesus to be the savior of the world, no one else can be his equal. Mm -mm. Now, as Christians, there's nothing wrong with being open-minded on many issues. No, it's not. But we can't be open-minded on how we're saved from sin. Beloved, no other spiritual or religious teacher could die for our sins. No other spiritual or religious teacher came to earth as God's only son. No other spiritual or religious teacher rose from the dead. Our focus should be on Jesus, whom God provided as the way to have an eternal relationship with him. There is salvation in no one else. Now, let's look at Matthew 7, 20 and 21 one last time. It reads this way. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. There is salvation and no one else. There is salvation and no other. The people in our focal text this morning didn't see it that way. The five unprepared virgins didn't see it that way. Many have left this earth and didn't see it that way. And you know, it's sad to say, but there's going to be many, many, many more that will leave this earth and don't see it this way. When judgment day comes, they too will be pleading their case, saying, Lord, Lord, only to be introduced to a closed door and a voice that says, go away, I don't know you. There's going to be an element of surprise for many. Mm -hmm. They'll get there and they'll say, Lord, Lord, only to be shocked by not being able to get into the kingdom of heaven. They're going to be saying, what do you mean we, we, we're not getting in? Lord, what about all the church barbecues I've made? Lord, what about all the days I came to church? Lord, what about all the times I put the, the pastor's water in the pulpit? Lord, what about all the times I vacuumed the church? Lord, what about all the times I came to choir rehearsal? Lord, what about all the times I sung real good in church and at other church functions? Lord, what about all those powerful sermons I preached? Lord, what about all the times I... Mm -hmm. You get it. Beloved, it's not about our actions. It's not about our activities. It's not about our achievements or accomplishments. Do you remember what Jesus said in Luke 6.46? He said, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? You know, there's an idiom that says, so you say Christ is your Lord? But this is what he says. You say, I'm your instructor, but you don't obey me. You say, I'm your spiritual light, but you don't see me. You say, I'm your path, 
but you don't walk on me. You say, I'm your life, but you don't live like it. You say, I'm intelligent, but you don't go along with me. You say, I'm honest, but you're not loyal to me. You say, I'm affluent, but you don't come to me. You say, I'm everlasting, but you don't try to find me. You say, I'm compassionate, but you don't have confidence in me. You say, I'm virtuous, but you do not do my will. You say, I'm powerful, but you don't respect me. You say, I'm good, but you don't acknowledge my integrity. So, if I denounce you, don't blame me. Beloved, God has set a required order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And playing church isn't one of them. Mm -mm. It has nothing to do with the physical edifice. But it does have everything to do with Jesus Christ. You can call Christ Lord or anything else all day long, every day. It's not enough. It's doing the will of God that answers God's requirements. Now, some of you might be asking, well, Bishop Houston, what is the will of God? And if you are, I'm glad you asked. So let's look at Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Well, let's break that down. Let's see what he's really saying here. First, you must be dedicated. In other words, loyal. Mm -hmm. Number two, you must be all in. You got to have the faith. Three, you must release the immoral techniques of the world. Four, let God transform you. Let him renovate your mind. You know, I was listening to a, a church video last Monday, and I heard a pastor do some awesome spiritual surgery. And one of the phrases she used was, you have to trust the process. In order for God to transform you, you must trust the process. And five, Give thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You know, when I was a young child back in the day, I was taught that if someone did something significant, you tell them thank you. It was called common courtesy. Don't see that much today. Mm -mm. You see, beloved, the main cog to God's will is Jesus Christ. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. He wants everyone to understand the truth. John 14, 6 says, 
Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Mm -hmm. Beloved, you must have a personal relationship with God. You see, there is no secret formula. There are no rituals needed. Just inspired faith and resolved loyalty to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. Let somebody say amen. Now, in John 5, 39, God comments on his son Jesus and says, you explore and investigate the scriptures because you believe they will offer you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Beloved, there are many religious and spiritual leaders and many followers of Jesus Christ know what the Bible says. There's no doubt about it. They fail to apply it to their lives. They know the teachings of the scriptures, but fail to see our liberator. They fail to recognize Jesus Christ, whom the scriptures point to. They know the rules, but dismiss the Savior. Entrenched in their personal religious system, they refuse to let the Son of God change their lives. Beloved, becoming so immersed in religion or religious activities could cause you to overlook or reject Christ. And you know when that happens, you're playing church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God is saying to us, all we need is inspired faith and resolved loyalty. In who? In Jesus Christ. That's it. This is his will. This is the way he wants it done. The will of God points directly at Jesus Christ. God sent the Messiah. Everyone that sees Christ and believes in Christ makes it possible to have everlasting life. There is salvation in no one else. Beloved, hearing and seeing and, and, and believing and receiving is God's desire. It says it very plainly in John 1.12. The Bible says, but to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. It's about receiving Christ, believing, trusting, and having all confidence in him. Without faith and loyalty in Jesus Christ, it's impossible to please God. It's not about being honest. It's not about being religious. It's not about being reformed. It's not about being compassionate. It's not about going to church every Sunday or being a servant in the church. It's not even about calling the name of Jesus. It's about having your confidence and loyalty in Jesus Christ. Let me get back to our focus scripture. So, we come to Christ announcing the requirements for the kingdom of God. Now, what's the screams of those denied admission? In verse 21, we saw the requirements for admission. In verse 22, we see the screaming of those who were rejected to enter. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. Now, right here, we see the cry of the people. It's an outpouring of screams and crying and begging. 
When Christ makes his final decision and says, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, suddenly there's an eruption. There's an appeal from the hearts of those people. They're crying in disbelief. They're saying, we've done all these things. Beloved, there will be many people going to heaven with nothing to show but plain faith, trust, and confidence in Jesus. But there will be many, many more people going straight to hell, eternally upset because they believe their religiosity was enough. There'll be a lot of church workers headed straight to hell. There'll be many pastors there also. It's sad to say many deacons, Sunday school teachers, ushers, choir members, and religious professors in these so-called religious schools that are going to join them in hell if they don't stop playing church. They're going to be there with the ones that we're talking about right here in Matthew chapter 7. Many of them are going to say, Christ, Christ is us. We prophesied in your name. But you know what? Jesus is going to rip off their religious diplomatic apparel. Mm -hmm. He's going to uncover the vicious, the greedy, the materialistic, the selfish, the egotistical, and the deceitful wolves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is a final statement. There's no ifs and no buts. Jesus has made it specific. He isn't joking, people. He wasn't playing when he said this. There is salvation in no one else. Mm -mm. It's only through personal belief, trust, and confidence in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that any of us will ever know the kingdom of God. It's not through our religious emotions. It's not through our sanctified feelings. It's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Lip service is no good. There must be obedience. Mm -hmm. Redemption can only be provided by one. God has not given us any additional names under heaven that can offer us salvation. Those who are just going through the motions or have lip service here on earth will discover on Judgment Day that they were playing church. Let's give God a hand praise.